welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lysing. And, and this, this is, is Life, life Pairings. pairings. <laughs> because life is hard. So pair it with alcohol. Let's get your toesy woesies into some nice warm water, scrub off all that hard work they do, and splash some color on those babies, as today's life pairing is pedicures with Paloma cocktails. We discuss Lotus, Technicolor, and Band Fish. Ooh. Intriguing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pedicures? We've had a couple pedicures together, so I'm pretty sure you're on board with with pedicures, I love a pedicure. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, is my remember the baths episode where it's just like I really <laughs> wanted to tell people my love for baths. Yeah, this yeah. is in the same realm. I love a pedicure. Yeah, it's very relaxing to me. It's relaxing. It feels good. It feels renewing. Yes. Um, I have a weird thing because I have very dry skin. I have eczema, so like. Any place on my body I can make smooth and brand new again always makes me feel good. <laughs> like I'm always like, yes. Um, I hate anything on me. So I don't right. like dry skin. I don't like, you know what I mean? Like I, I just feel like I constantly need to be groomed. Yeah. And this is a very relaxing way to do so. Yeah. I love it. I like the experience. Yeah. I like the atmosphere. Uh, I like the build up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it's like six weeks of pure joy on your little tootsies. Yes, because I mean it doesn't last very long, but like no. And then it, that means I like to like growing out the nail polish right till the bitter end, like just <laughs> there's a speckle left on your big toe. Yeah, and you're like I'm going again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spending 60 bucks and I don't feel bad about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. It's just like, it's so relaxing. I like it a ton. How about you? Yeah. So I got into doing the like uh, shellac manicure pedicure thing when I was living in Vancouver, obviously. Yeah. Um. So now it's like a weird part of my life where I'm, it, it's like, it's not like a haircut because you're not, you got like you get to go get my nails done. I go every two weeks for manicure. Yeah. And for pedicure, I can basically go once every two months. So in some ways, like, I really love it. But also in, some, in other ways, you're like, oh, God damn it, I got to go to like, because it it's does, not, it does becomes become like, like part of my routine. Yes, yeah. exactly. But the pedicure is always nice because I do get to wait like two months to do it. And, you know, you can be a little, well, well not that I'm not wild with my normal nails. So I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, when I'm- you get two new colors. I'm pretty reserved on my fingernails. Uh, mm-hmm. My toes, I like to while out. I get the, actually, you know what's so funny? It's not really wiling out if you do the exact same thing every time. <laughs> but because I'm sort of uh, very, I'm like a little butch and I'm like, come off a little tomboyish. And my right. style is that of a 12 year old boy um, experiencing <laughs> puberty. Uh, my toenails, I like bright pink. Mm. It's like my little secret nice. in my in my shoes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of this like I've I'm not so much a tomboy, but pink has never been a thing with me. Right. And nail color kind of got me like it was like the the gateway drug to now I'm I'm currently wearing a pink shirt. 
<laughs> I always avoid I'm also drinking pink. a pink drink, but then see, they tie in together. We didn't just pick it because yeah. it was refreshing. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's the color of my, the only thing that I don't like about pedicures. And this episode researching was actually quite stressful for me. I do not like feet. <laughs> like for me to go to a pedi- like to do the pedicure, it's basically like me sitting, like trying not to look at like a, a car crash and look at other people's feet, <laughs> because inevitably somebody has like a weird ass freaking toe that's like going north while everything else is going south and i'm like i'm just like don't look again don't look again i love that you have a foot it, it's the opposite of a fetish yeah you have like a hundred oh, percent fear yeah definitely <laughs> i like feet you know what i think is really yeah. like uh sexy is when men have like like nice feet that aren't a nightmare well yeah i also like that and but... they're like a picture of a man with like bare feet and uh like khakis and no shirts i don't know why mm-hmm. i was that specific about what i was saying i know what you're saying. i can see the picture exactly men with nice i'm not a foot person but i'm just like mm-hmm. not i'm not totally grossed out by them right I, yeah i don't they're well I know. kept that yes that would be nice we took my boss for my last job for his birthday and he was the whole time he was like is this how your guys' feet feel all the time? <laughs> like he was just like after like walking around, he's like, it's so fancy and nice. And I was like, see? I went with um we had an elevator friend that we would go out of town and I'd be like, You wanna go get pedicures? And he's like, Yes, I do. <laughs> but we were like in the trades, so we like mm-hmm. I wouldn't tell anybody, but we'd have these little like saucy little pedicure dates. It was mm. delightful. Because you know what? I think men feel like they shouldn't or it's like yeah. a feminine thing it's maybe too effeminate for them it's really not it's, it's like really not and historically it's really not interesting so, yeah yeah it's it's like it's more it's relaxing it's like a it's a care thing it's it's really good for you is it okay because that's okay because psychologically i assume it's healthy yes i've read a lot of other things now today but <laughs> That would dispute not that physically not so healthy but but we'll see help, I, tell I, me what i it is physically healthy as well oh okay good so maybe you can maybe you can tell me some other things uh after this no it's just about the bacteria which i don't want to think about bacteria anymore you want to know something covid with... got us all in a tizzy over bacteria <laughs> but you want okay. i have been drunk my entire life <laughs> <laughs> the amount of bacteria that is on a glass or a can oh, or a... somebody said to me the other day would you lick the bottom of a can that was and... me oh you did say that to me <laughs> i was like, like we really, really talked to, to like 10 people <laughs> <laughs> somebody like you're like yeah that somebody has a name and she's doing the podcast with you right now oh, sorry uh yeah i'm like this crazy lady i know <laughs> Um, was on about fucking cans. No, but that's true, right? Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't lick the bottom, so why do you lick the nope, top? Why are you licking the top? It's after I said that to you too. I keep drinking out of a can, and I'm like, I'm not really taking my own advice here. You want to know what I'm doing? I've just been licking mm. a lot of bottoms of cans. No, that's good. I'm just trying. Maybe yeah, you'll get like the vaccine somehow that way. Well, you already have your vaccine. Never I did mind. get my vaccine. I got my first dose of my vaccine. I slipped into the Pfizer group, which I feel like is the oh. uh, Gucci of the vaccines. Very nice. Very nice. I didn't get that blood clot AstraZeneca. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'll be getting. 
looking there's forward no to it oh, whenever they let me. Yeah. Well, no, they're saying it's safe for 30-year-olds, but oh, okay. uh, they're not releasing it yet. I, so I'll just get COVID instead, I guess. Yeah, you're like, cool. well, either way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know you're more likely to get a blood clot flying or from birth control than you are from birth control vaccine. apparently is like really bad and i did kind of know about the birth control one yeah. um so i'm yeah like people keep being like but the, 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 and i'm like if you didn't die from your birth control you're probably fine you're probably not prone to what's happening so yeah but yeah so <laughs> i know there's like a lot of bacteria stuff um but it's really so it's super good for circulation because what mm. I don't know, I mean, people who don't get pedicures think that you just go in and get your toes painted and your nails cut. That's not true. You go in, you soak your feet for quite a while, and then they, you know, they discard all the gross shit on your foot. So they basically, like, yeah. shave off all the dry skin. But one of the best, biggest parts of the experience is the leg and foot massage. Right. So yes, it's... Which I love. Yeah. It's my favorite part. It's like when you go to get your haircut and they rub your head. Mm-hmm. It just feels so good. So it's super good for people with circulation problems because you're getting like pretty much your legs soaking in the water and uh, then somebody's rubbing your legs, which like mm-hmm. promotes promotes circulation. So uh, And those that- stones probably help too because a lot of the places now are doing the stone, yeah. hot stone thing. So that probably helps. Yeah, definitely. It's super. The, the hot stones is like insane for like blood flow. It's really, really oh, good. Cool. Um, also, too, like uh, nail health is mm-hmm. important. It's mm-hmm. like there's a lot of fungus and awful shit that's and like can start provoke other diseases in your body. Mm-hmm. That if you, you know, if you take care of right there and then does not make you sick later so good for right that. yeah it, good. it eliminates fungal problems right um which yeah. those ads that i keep seeing on cnn keep telling me about and i keep wanting to die <laughs> <laughs> like jesus i know i keep seeing them on like there's like one particular one where the dad has like some sort of yeah fungus, like, and oh the my God, son is like dad that's oh. gross and he's like it's fine and he's like you have a problem and i'm just like this is yeah he's an- like, it's a monster it's that actually grosses me out big time that commercial yeah i can't handle that um <laughs> if you believe in <laughs> I reflux, more i need more tequila yeah more tequila please less fungus mm-hmm. uh, if you believe in reflexology uh mm-hmm. which a lot of people do my friend yeah it is it can cross paths with this as well i know that um, right. uh i have really like bad asthma problems Mm-hmm. And when I get my feet rubbed, it's that's the reflexology point for your lungs. No. Yes, on the kind of the ball of your foot. Yeah. So having that, whenever they whenever they massage my feet, for some reason that that is always a nightmare. Like it hurts so much when they do it. Oh. And when they do it, I can always breathe better. But I mean, that's shit. That's cool. Pseudoscience. And if you don't want to believe it, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it works for you that's fine yeah we got our medical degrees at bullshit and yeah internet bullshit and internet.com <laughs> uh so those are some of the the health benefits uh something that are problematic i was reading like some dermatologists or, and like uh foot specialists are like 
don't love that they dig under your nail because your nail should never be separated from the nail bed. Right. Um, but they also don't... dirt gets under there, so I don't know what the... Yeah, and you got to, they have to be pretty careful about those instruments being sanitized, which, I mean, yes. I don't think there's like a uh surgical room routine on those instruments i'll tell you no. that i hear it like they use uv lights and stuff so I hope yeah that's... i'm i'm not gonna think about it i, I don't nope, re- don't think about there's it there's only four things in life i love <laughs> yeah but so that that's a big thing um mm-hmm. They don't want you to, so they don't want any fungus to get under there or any sort of bacteria to get under there. They don't want the nail separated from the nail bed. Also, uh, going into the cuticle is not always the best if they're not careful about it. Um, And cuticle damage can cause ingrown nails. Oh, okay. So those are some sort of things that they were like, these might be problematic. Yeah. Um, Now, so health-wise, pretty good for you all in all. If you're going to like a sanitary place, great. Don't stop yeah. in the mall and get a $10 pedicure. It's like yeah. the grocery store sushi of pedicures. It's gross. <laughs> Go to a place. Well, and also, like, you kind of, just sorry, going back to, like, the cuticle thing. Go to a good person. Like, if you're going to a hair cutter, yeah. hair stylist, and they're cutting you with their scissors, don't go to them anymore. They're not very good. No, that person so, sucks. <laughs> yeah. So if they're cutting you with and they're not doing a good job, then don't go back to them. I will say this. I took I love the place that I normally go to. The lady mm-hmm. like took like a chunk out of my toe, and I was like, ah. And oh. she was like, kept pointing at it, and she was like, it's bleeding. Yeah. And I was like, this is not my problem. <laughs> you did this. I was like, I didn't cut it off. Like, yeah. I was like, it doesn't really hurt me. It's fine. Just like, yeah. And she kept being like, um, and like looking for somebody to come. And I was just like, right. I don't know what you want. <laughs> I'm, I'm up here. Yeah texting my friends i didn't, I didn't make it bleed yeah what i did and i didn't want to make her feel bad and it no. did hurt like a little and i yeah. really didn't want to hurt her feelings and i didn't want her to like get in trouble or something weird so i just was right. like it's fine like i just keep going it's yeah fucking fine. yeah um <laughs> and now you don't have a foot anymore but that yeah, was fine no, i was I'm dead <laughs> you're talking to the ghost of me <laughs> who just loved getting pedicures Brittany lacy <laughs> 1986 to 2021 died doing what she loved um, <laughs> yes <laughs> well so those are it is beneficial um there's mm-hmm. some interesting psychology around it a lot of people talk about uh i was trying to find like for some reason i just wanted to find that we were doing it to impress men and i wanted right. to be like see you don't need to do that but that's like not it at all no yeah i i really couldn't find like <laughs> i, I don't imagine. think men care at all <laughs> oh i don't think they give i think they probably are still confused by we're doing anything yeah like, they're we like, do, like all of our money. fashion for women like i don't put makeup on for men no it's for other women to think mm-hmm. you're it's because other women started being prettier now you have to be prettier than them and you're no. like it's oh, a nightmare <laughs> or at least meet a base level at some point no let's all just strip down to nothing um <laughs> Uh, so it's really it's really uh, uh, girls doing it for themselves mm-hmm. and to impress other women or they've we've created these this our own standard in and amongst ourselves that uh no one else cares about yeah. but it is also i was reading to a fun thing about uh, going to the spa or going to get a pedicure or anything kind of in that realm is kind of like for going to play 12 holes Right. It's kind of like a cheeky little trip. 
I know when I'm with friends, when we go to get a pedicure, it's like coffee and Bailey's and like a couple hours and we usually go for lunch after. It's like, it's kind of just like a full afternoon. Right. Um, So that was a big thing is that we're kind of just doing it because it's a nice way to get away and do something nice for ourselves. Yeah. And men don't really give a shit so it's like no. there's not a lot they're just missing out they're just missing out they're kind of missing out and i've actually like i looked into try to uh, see sort of the male perspective of why not as many men are getting pedicures um, mm-hmm. and it's because they think it's effeminate right and it's not something they really enjoy like sitting in a spot yeah blabbing yeah <laughs> like i hate to draw like i'm fairly I'm I'm very mannish. Like I you know right. what I mean? Like a lot a lot of my tendencies are <laughs> I don't know are a little bit masculine. So right. like it doesn't matter what your gender is, but like if you're a more masculine person, you don't typically enjoy I I don't know why I do so much, but sitting and blabbing. <laughs> like you know yeah. like that is a more feminine uh trait. I guess so. I mean, I actually am very quiet during all of my pedicures and manicures. I'm a chitty chatter. I want to know I what the lady's know. doing. I want to know how she likes to work there, what her life's like. <laughs> I'm always like, I have like a special relationship with the lady that does my nails. Oh, yeah. And yeah. she always asks me if I'm married every time she's like, oh, did you get married? I was like, mm, I was only here two months ago. So that would be a quick relationship. <laughs> oh, she's yeah. Like, oh, I think too for men, like they just don't get, it's the same thing as like, why do we spend so much time on our hair or why do we, like there are guys that do that. Right. And they maybe are going to give more attention to putting care into their, how they look, but for most men, it's, you know, yeah. Yeah. They they, it's not as really... important. Yeah, they just, and they don't enjoy it as much. They're just like, yeah. yeah. I would, like, you want to get a haircut? Great. I do want a haircut, and I want to get in, get out, and. Oh, my husband hates getting his haircut. You think I'm, like, telling him to go, like, get his arm cut off or something. <laughs> <laughs> that like, makes me laugh. That is it, but it is very, like, boys, you have to tell to do things. Yes. You're always like, come on, man. You need new socks. <laughs> you can't. You, four of your toes are showing. You're always like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, it does. And take care of yourself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it, there is also just kind of a downside. I mean, it is it is something that is that they call a um, affordable luxury. Right. Which if yeah. something is an affordable luxury, it's because somebody else... Um, <laughs> is doing it too affordably, which means that yes. uh, somebody's getting, uh, you know, used for cheap labor pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which tends to be the case uh, across the board with this. It's that yeah. my major downside, but um, you know, I, I don't know a ton about that, but it should be addressed. It is typically it's, it's like pretty cheap to go and get it done, but it is kind of hard labor. Like, Yes, like, and like a lot of those girls are there for like sixteen hours, or they were during before COVID times. Yeah, like places you know, are they work long shifts and one hundred percent. So, uh, tip big and mm-hmm. treat people nicely, and yeah. it's something I really enjoy doing. But don't treat people like garbage. Just anybody in the service industry, you know, be nice. I yeah, I um when I first started getting regular manicures and pedicures, I went to a 
a salon, I guess, in Yaletown, which is a very fancy place in Vancouver. It's like community in Vancouver. Yep. And um, that was where I think a lot of the like rich or people would go. And they were awful to the staff. Yeah. You know, it was upsetting. Listen to me, people who have money. Give me your money. I would be a very nice rich person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're not doing Mm -hmm. a good job of it. (laughs) Yeah. Give me your money. First of all, (laughs) I'll pay my electrical bill. Then I'll pay my cell phone bill. But then I'll go to a nice place with all my friends. Yeah. And uh, you'll put the money back into the economy and not do it with an attitude. You want to know something? I would put that money back into the economy mm-hmm. so fast that I'd be in the same position I am in a year. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's why you and I are not rich people. <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter how much We're is not- coming in, it's all going out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real big on that whole sharing it with the community. 100%. <laughs> um, so, I, I, I don't know. The best thing you could probably do is try to find, like, a, you know, an ethical place who mm-hmm. pays their employees well and is not exploiting people and treat them nicely and tip them well. Yeah. would be my suggestion. Um, as I am a doctor, a scientist, a, <laughs> I have a master's degree in social sciences. <laughs> <laughs> we got all the degrees. I'm very smart, Carla. I don't yeah. know. If you, know you are. You okay. are. I'm uh, usually a little tipsy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the the psychology surrounding, I would say, I think it's a good thing. It's a nice thing to yeah. do for yourself. It's a, it is a way uh, to feel fresh and new and, uh, yeah, do it. Cool. Well, it's interesting you kind of mentioned that it is sort of a female world and a female um, kind of group community thing. What I'm going to talk about is my history story, foot binding. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of feet, I love yeah. that you, as a person who hates feet, had to do uh, three days of research on feet. <laughs> it was so hard. Um, foot binding, I didn't actually really want to do because I, I have lots of podcasts have done it before. There's lots of very good information out there. I'm not going to give you any, you know, amazing new details. Um, but when it comes into sort of the pedicure aspect and this culture behind it, it is quite interesting. And, you know, it's not, we're not that different from what we do. So in the West out here, right. with our bodies and our feet. So yeah, everything's a ritual. Yeah. Um, okay. So around, they think around 2 billion women had their foot bound, feet bound. Uh, it was the height of refinement to have small feet in China, similar to the tiny waist in Victorian England. So, again, we did weird shit. Right. So, but it went on for 10 centuries. It's a very long time. That's a long time. <laughs> Thankfully, we didn't do the uh, corsets for that long. So, there'll be a lot of fainting <laughs> when were the corset? When was the small waist in the corsets po- most popular? I think it was most popular in Victorian yeah, in Victorian times. There were corsets before that, but they weren't, it wasn't that kind of waist training thing as much. Right. Um, and restricting of breath aspect. Right. Yeah, uh, a lot of people don't so. realize that if, <laughs> hey, you know when you bind something, it makes it mm-hmm. hard for that <laughs> organ or appendage mm-hmm. to work properly. Yes. Yes. 
Uh, okay, so they think this kind of started around the maybe 618 or 906. Uh, it's sort of in between the Tong and the Song Dynasty. There's quite a few origin stories, you know, ones that an emperor's favorite concubine bound her foot so she could do a dance, which is kind of similar to point shoes. And the more that I kind of did this research, I used to, for ballet, yeah, I used to be a, a point shoe dancer. That's not what that's called. I, I used to be a ballerina. Um, <laughs> I used to and, dance nine point shoe. Yes. And it, so actually one thing that's in not, related to this but um people that are dancers can't have pedicures what because yeah because you need so if you're a modern dancer that means you dance in your bare feet and you turn in your bare feet so you need calluses on the bottom of your feet to be able to turn right um with uh, wearing point shoes again you need the calluses on your toes because there's the constant rubbing of your toes so you need to build that up so basically your feet look like you're, they're destroyed but that's also your job your feet right. are your job. So, anyways, there's a little insight into that's very interesting. I, you know, it's something because if you're barefoot dancing, mm-hmm. you would think that those people's feet are in pristine condition. That's quite the opposite. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> no. Uh, next time you meet a dancer, ask them to show you their feet. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> next time you meet a dancer, whether it's in a bar or at a family reunion or at a funeral, you're at a show. Be like, what do you? Nice yeah. your feet. <laughs> if you're at a restaurant, uh, look under the table. Just say wiggle them under yeah. the table. Mm-hmm. It won't be weird, I promise you. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So yeah. So she she did a dance in these kind of almost similar to point shoes back then. Another one, maybe another concubine have very small, tiny feet, and that was very um like beautiful. And so she was told to bind them. Could have also been an empress that had a club foot, so she made other women and the court bound their feet or they wanted to be like her so they bound her feet interesting we don't really know again exactly women on women being like hey yeah be like me or mm-hmm. i want to be better than you or yes bitches so, be nice to each other i know we're our own worst enemies uh in 960 to maybe 1097 during the song dynasty it became very popular in the upper classes and I mean, kind of what they think maybe has happened. Somebody did something. Some lady did something. They thought that was pretty. Everyone else fucking bored out of their minds. Uh, Cause you're in a court. What else are you doing? They're like, nah, I guess we'll do this too. Yeah, there's, That's- there's eight. Oh yeah. We talked about this in another podcast about mm-hmm. how there was like so many people in this, like the concubine, in- there's like a yes. hundred of them, right? Yeah, and they're not really supposed to be doing anything. They're not supposed to be like weight training or like, you know, (laughs) writing a book. So um, (laughs) I don't know why I just listed my two things. I know, I was like, I was rather specific. (laughs) Yeah, that was. I didn't mean it to be. This is not what I did today and I was supposed to. Anyways, um, but it actually did spread during the Ming Dynasty to the working classes and to small rural areas. Like these are places where you would think that people would need to work um so that was kind of the big thing behind it it became very much a look i am so high of status that i i am not able to do manual work right um or hey i have a wife that because i'm so high status she doesn't have to work she can 
be and she has these you know these feet that everybody admires right but they couldn't i mean they truly couldn't walk on these feet like yeah like they they think they can walk they could walk um and actually they walked in a very unsteady swaying fashion and yeah, it was called... to try to avoid putting pressure on any point of the foot yes. at any time but they called it the lotus gate and it was seen as very feminine and graceful god damn it i know you know, the more pain we're in, just the sexier it is. Uh, that, yes. <laughs> like, ooh, look at you swaying in such a sensual way. You're like, I'm just actually, it hurts to put pressure on my foot in any capacity. So I'm trying to yeah. avoid that. They're like, mmm, sexy. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> no. Like Things are rotting. Um, and so it, it kind of became a weird form of currency for upward mobility for women. So... If you had, for instance, the ideal feet, which were three inches. Yikes. Now, I meant to measure my feet. Yeah. But I don't well, know. I've actually I don't got a I tape measure in here. Oh. <laughs> I am a, still a trade Tra- tradesman. At, you can't take the tradesman out of the... I can't. You know what? I don't leave home without a tape measure. And I'm in my home. That's good. I just I have a... I honestly have a tape measure on me at all points. Um, my father would be so proud. <laughs> uh, well, I'm about 13 centimeters, I guess. Here, let's do this. Or 23, 23 centimeters. 23 centimeters. Yeah. That's like. I have a size eight foot. A woman so that's nine, nine inches. Your feet are nine inches. Oh, okay. So, and you have a what size foot? Eight. Okay. So... I have like a seven, so then I'd probably be eight inches. Let's say I don't have a measuring tape. I know. So are you trying to? Not. Are you trying to tell me your feet are more beautiful than mine with your size? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to figure out, piggybacking on your aspect, the fact that you have a uh, tape measure and I don't. I feel. I'm just ready. Feel, I feel left out. Um. Yeah. I always so need a tape three inches. Three inches was what was known as the golden lotus. So that's if to you... like your ankle. That's from your heel to your ankle, essentially. Pretty much. Yeah. Like just a little bit past. And if you had four inch feet, that was respectable. But that was known as a silver lotus. Okay. Now, anything over five inches. So it doesn't matter whether we're eight or nine or whatever. We were iron lotuses <laughs> and we were not going to get married. Oh, man. No yeah. wonder the lady at the pedicure place always asks me if I'm married. She's like, look at these fucking honkers. How do you expect a man to dance around these? Uh, I'm like, So, oh. the process. So, if anyone's squeamish. I mean, I tried to keep this as clean as possible so I didn't. I know. I'm, I'm like, if issues. anyone's squeamish, I'm like, do you want me to just like send me over the source material? Yeah, I'm like, read it. Read it. <laughs> and I'll just come back in five minutes. So, again, talking about this sort of woman thing, it's only women were present during the binding process. Okay. So they were the ones doing the, if you want to call it educating, and the the actual uh, performing the procedure and the care. Hey, you want to know why? Because it's fucking mm-hmm. gross. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I don't like, think of men course, are do the men wouldn't be. They're like, ooh, we, we <laughs> only want to see the finished product. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so the feet were washed, nails clipped, and astringents applied to feet. So what would happen is they would they would sometimes it's kind of conflicting whether they would break the outer four toes and f- 
then fold them under the feet um, or whether that happened later as a part of this binding process. Yeah. Basically, you had to break your four toes. Yeah. And they would bound them so that it would become an, an extreme arch. So if you kind of think of it in terms of like it's almost like a triangle. Yeah. Is what it looks like. And you're, the um, the ideal is to get the toes as close to the heel as possible oh. or to sort of get the sole as close as possible to the heel. I read somewhere that they could even hold a coin in there. Yuck. This, yeah. I don't even want to know something. For mm-hmm. somebody who doesn't care about, I'm not normally grossed out. It's <laughs> contortion. Not it's it's not. Yeah. I'm not like gaggy on anything that's like you know blood and guts. But mm-hmm. the contort. I just can't imagine that pain. Yeah. Yeah. What? And the thing was like, um, so they were, and again, a lot of ritual with this. The feet were bound um, in a ten foot long silk strip that was also two inches wide. Uh, They were removed every two days to prevent blood and pus from infecting the foot. Mm. In case you were hoping that we were going to get away from pus. Let the word (laughs) pus settle in. (laughs) Yeah. If there was any excess flesh, sometimes it was cut away or encouraged to rot. Mm. You better not have fat feet. That was not going to be okay. Oh, boy. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Girls can you, were. Can you imagine you're like, I'm on a diet. You're like, I'm trying to lose that tummy fat. Mm, too you're fat. Like, no foot. Feet. <laughs> <laughs> threatening to cut it off. Like I can't um, even. I can't even be fat on my fucking foot. <laughs> I'm like cut my diet and exercise. I know. Into shape. Um, it's so it would usually start between the ages of four and six for this to for them to start binding the feet and girls were forced to lo- walk long distances to encourage the breaking of the toes. um of their arches so that it could be you know this this very tight hey um like i've always said thing. no better yeah. time to feel pain than when you're four when you're four life sucks dude you better this is can you imagine it's getting oh god the stories god, the like, only four-year-olds i know they'd be like i don't want to do this Every four I and then cry every four year old I know does eat, <laughs> throws their supper at you while they eat. Yeah, exactly. There's can no you way had, you can even keep shoes on them. I don't know how they're keeping this stuff on. <laughs> I had my nephew and we were walking around a lake and he started like <clears throat> flipping out and I was like but it was like kind of like the ninth flip out of the day. So I just like right. wasn't I had kind of tuned out <laughs> the yelling. Yeah. And then we got about like five minutes from where he started yelling and I looked around and I was like, where are your shoes? Oh, that's what you were yelling about. <laughs> we, had t- oh, we had to like gosh. turn around and go back all through the trees and I'm just like oh, looking no. for shoes. And literally he screamed the entire time and then when I put a shoe on, he was just like instantly fine. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? He doesn't have words yet. Like at the time. I was yeah. like, he, was just, like, he like very nicely tried to tell me in a whiny, like he was like, did he throw the shoes off though? Yeah, he kicked them off himself. Yeah, so he I didn't take them off. Exactly, I like took his so. shoes off and threw them in the woods. I'm like, what are you crying about? <laughs> so he's he's mostly at fault there. Yeah, I mean, now he's learned. He's learned the example is if you lose your shoes, he's like, take hey, your shoes off. I didn't know this because I'm just a baby, but it turns out it really bums me out when my shoes aren't on my feet. <laughs> yeah. uh, so over time, the bindings would become tighter, and the shoes smaller as the heel and the sole are pushed together. So they would wear these 
uh, lotus shoes is what they were called. And I'll go into them a little bit more. But if you kind of think about it, if you like look at your foot, it's hard to explain. But if your foot was basically like in half, like where the arch is. um, So actually like in the shoe, it would be the top part of your foot that would be coming out of the shoe. So it was actually like most of a lot of the foot was on the outside of the shoe rather than kind of all inside. The process took about two years to complete, but even like teenagers, I mean, they weren't called teenagers back then, but um, kind of going into adult. They're like, she's in her teenage years. She hates bending her foot off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Even into adulthood, feet were prone to infection, paralysis, muscular atrophy, poor blood circulation. The pain did stop, I guess, when women had stopped growing. I don't think it's comfortable. Right. But, um, yeah, at least you weren't in an excruciating pain the whole time. Like braces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Huh. Yeah. Kind of. Um, yeah, that's cosmetic, isn't it? Mostly. Sometimes. Uh, no, it is mostly sometimes cosmetic. Not. Yeah. yeah. They rarely did uncover them. So this is the thing I couldn't really figure out. Is like, how often do you have to unbind your feet? Because it wasn't like they were doing it every day. Um, they were only doing it twice, sorry, every two days when this was a new thing. Um, so there was often sores and gangrene and they smelled very unpleasant because I don't (laughs) know if you've ever like wandered around without, well, just wandering around with shoes and no socks. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry. Not okay. (laughs) (laughs) The grossest strain of words ever Uh, strung together by one person was just Uh, pus, sores, gangrene. Yeah. Bandage. I don't know why bandage makes it worse, but I don't love the word bandage tied in there. No. no. In 1997, uh, the University of California did a study, uh, and they found that women with bound feet had 5% lower bone density uh, because obviously they were not, they had a decreased mobility and they were not doing weight bearing exercises. Right. So. Um, for oh, women and their body, they had uh, yeah. lower bone five okay. percent lower. Yeah, yeah. So, um, not a great thing because women already are kind of prone to having a lower bone density. Uh, but they did have strong leg and glute muscles, so that's hmm. good. Um, <laughs> you got a sweet <laughs> bound feet and a tight ass, yeah. my friend. Yeah. Uh, it's it's important to note that China's greatest female figures who. I've never heard of, but I think are much more commonplace in China. Um, they all existed before foot binding became commonplace. So the politician, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to screw this up. Um, Sheng Yun Wan Er, who lived from 664 to 710. There's poet Li Qing Zhao from 1084 to 1151, and warrior Lian. Hong Gu from 1100 to 1135. Do you know what I so love about Chinese history? Mm-hmm. Is like you never hear that in any other like historical uh, stories about in a lot of other places. It'll never mm-hmm. be like the year 10. <laughs> yeah, I know. They and this is this is still like there is they had stuff going on, you know, a thousand years before that. So yeah, and it was all documented. Like it's all mm-hmm. it's so intriguing to me because it's always like you'll hear stories and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, that was in 
you know, the 1600s and stuff like that. But, you know, yeah. there's a lot of Chinese history that'll be like, yes, the year 610. Yeah. I think it's so cool. And actually, the, one of the, that, it's funny that you mentioned that because one of the things, so I think it was the Song Dynasty was kind of a huge up, upheaval. And so that's why we don't know a whole bunch of why this happened because normally they, things were, when they were steady, obviously they would have a lot more uh, records. Right. And because there was kind of all this political chaos, it, it didn't, they lost a lot of that. Okay. And so, but the Song Dynasty, so this is 960 to 1279, they, it was, uh, it grew, China grew, well, chi- the, the area of China uh, grew economically, but they had a large amount of social insecurity. So I did not know this. This is very interesting. Uh, they moved from having class status to not being inherited but that you had to earn through competition and your entrance was gained through educational testing. Wow. Yeah. So it was merit based. So that's really cool. That is very cool. Um, except for yeah. <laughs> only men. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and often what happens too is that sometimes when we go left as in terms of like, you know, or forward or whatever you want to call it, um, we cling to things that are a little bit more uh, right or backwards or whatever, historical. So cultural attitudes towards gender leaned much more towards sort of these rarefied ideals. Right. And so the other part of it too was that um, the Mongols invaded in 1279. And so it was kind of seen as like this this uh, source of ethnic or national pride that Chinese women had these feet and they bound their feet because mongrels didn't buy in their feet so um you know, i feel it was, like this it's is, it, this is just I, th- I mean i really hope we uh overcome this in, i don't i don't know if it's gonna be in our lifetime but at some point as a species where mm-hmm. we just like don't need to compare con but i mean i don't know yeah. it's, it's yeah. interesting to me like it, it's from the dawn of time people were yes. finding reasons to be different comparing them and then making decisions based on that. It's like, oh, these people had their feet bound. Like now, that'd be like, we'd be like, Ugh, how do they get anything done? Yes. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and then it was like this identity, the Han identity, right? Like it was a source of pride. Yeah. It's very tribal. Yes. Also going on was the sort of, not f- the change into Neo Confucianism. Uh, this was during the Song Dynasty. This stressed social harmony, moral uh, orthodoxy, and ritualized behavior. So this is their religion. Okay. Um, it based, for women, obviously, emphasis on chastity, obedience, and diligence. For women, um, basically their purpose was to serve their husband, to produce a son, and to serve their husband's family. Hmm. Uh, so they were still able to do um, domestic chores, obviously, but they would you know they were working in the fields or um and the other thing that and this is i think kind of very key to where this came from and why this became so popular is that it was a it, it was a daily proof of their commitment to the confucian values because they were willing to die or suffer mutilation to prove their commitment you know this is where I'm really grateful for how lazy of a fucking human I am. <laughs> because you're like, not gonna. I'll just never get sucked in in that way. 
I know. Like, I'll just never like people be like, you live or you die by the sword. I'm like, sword sounds dumb. (laughs) 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 Like, I don't want to do it. And they're like, we we walk for our, you know, like, you know, like cults. They're always just like, our leader Mm -hmm. guides us up the hill. I'm like, up the hill? (laughs) I don't want to do that. Tell tell our leader to guide us down the hill (laughs) to a bar and get me. (laughs) Or get a car. And get me some goddamn coconut shrimp. (laughs) (laughs) i just like i hear a lot of things where i'm just like you know uh, it would take a person who was like not lazy and committed and all the things Mm -hmm. that you should Mm -hmm. all these values and that are good but it really fucking blow it for you in the end yeah you know because you were just like oh man like all the qanon people and i'm calling qanon a cult um yeah i'd agree Especially since I watched that documentary on HBO. Ooh, uh, there's a new documentary on HBO? Yes, there is. There's about QAnon? figure out who Q is. Oh, my um, God. Boner. But I'm like, how tired are you of like of being like, oh, did you know that if you put an F on art, it's fart? <laughs> what does that mean? I'm like, that's exhausting. Oh, God, it is. <laughs> It is too. It's all of it is so exhausting. Like when people yeah. want me to like dive deeper for the meaning, I'm like, I can hardly stand the surface meaning. <laughs> no, if they just started a cult where it was like, here's a lot of like all dressed chips, some beer, wine. If it was just a cult about alcohol and all dressed chips, I that would be 100%. my. I would be there. Listen, I, if you're a cult leader that exists at the lighthouse in Calgary in <laughs> Iran, I'm there, baby. Yeah. If you're all about playing pool and drinking beers <laughs> like that's you know what ha- you know what i realized about myself as a person is mm-hmm. that uh my friend lives in a small town and we often go to the legion together oh yeah and we yeah. like go to the legion and it's just full of people who've given up on life yeah and it's only like four blocks from his house and every time right. i'm there i'm like this is where i belong <laughs> like i realize so much about myself i'm like i really don't want anything more than this i just want a live band mm-hmm. A few drinks every couple yeah. of days, and like I yeah. just want to look at the mountains. That's all I want in life. I'm a very easy <laughs> person to get along with. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. don't make me bind my feet or climb hills. No. I don't want to do it. And so the interesting thing that is very um, still apparent, still a thing, um, kind of goes into pedicures a little bit. Okay, so. Here's the thing. The trophy wife. We kind of talked about this before. You know, the fact that they could not work. They couldn't do manual labor. Um, That showed that you had a lot of status. And because women during this this Song Dynasty had lost a lot of status because they were, they, because they weren't inheriting titles, which unfortunately is often how women in history got power. It was by inheriting Uh, titles? Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, like their brother and their three cousins died after their dad died. And then they were like, Oh God, you're the only one left. Now you have to be queen. <laughs> That's <laughs> where like, oh, All right, cool. Real um, nice. <laughs> so by accident, and unfortunately because of the way that this, this new system was set up, they weren't able to do that. Uh, so this, yeah, this whole trophy wife kind of thing um, really, really became a big thing sort of into the the mid-17th century up until the 20th century. But keeping in mind, again, um, the entire Victorian period, uh, the ideal wife sat in a corner and did nothing. 
Well, she did not read. She did not sew. She did not do anything. I don't know. Um, this is sounding appealing to me. <laughs> that's very boring. <laughs> that is very boring. Can you, sit, you can't sit in a corner for five minutes. I couldn't. I <laughs> have severe AD, undiagnosed ADHD. <laughs> um, I mean, you could say, like, there's lots of women, like, with, you know, uh, rich uh, husbands, wives. I mean, their whole lives have to be, you know, going to the gym, making sure they're getting their pedicures and their manicures. Um, you know, it's very much about looking good, looking like you you don't work. Right. Well, you're a kept right? woman. That's a, yes. I mean, that's still a standard that is is like you know. Yeah. Because as a man, if you have a kept woman, that's great because that means you make so much money that she doesn't have to work. Yeah, and that you know. Your your only job is to look good. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, this is then seen from a male perspective. Um, but a lot of this is propagated by women. So it's very complicated and very confusing. It is very. I, I'll tell you what. wouldn't fly in my family. No. No. <laughs> my, my, every, my, I think my mom would like me to be a little bit more feminine and probably oh, shot up a little bit. My but... mom would love if I just, like, stopped dropping so many F-bombs and, like, <laughs> yeah, my mom really like fights when we swear the fucking shit tons out of on this podcast. <laughs> but you know what? Also, just, uh, like, my mom's, like, such a go-getter. Like, they used to call her Bionic Bon when she was uh-huh. young because she was always just, like, go 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 but she's still yeah. funny like i'll call they go when there's not covid times they go down to the lake all the time yeah which is down in the states and i'll call and uh i'll be like what are you doing and my mom's like shoveling pea gravel can you believe i'm <laughs> six years old and your father has me shoveling pea gravel and uh <laughs> and you can just hear him in the background like it ain't gonna shovel itself <laughs> like <laughs> the two of them are just like you know they always build things together which i've always admired like i always, yeah, like everything cute. they do they really like build together and i i'm always yeah. like this is beautiful but it is also too like my mom is always like are you out of your mind <laughs> i want a caesar and a break <laughs> yeah yeah it's Aww. very funny um extremely poor so this was like i said it actually got into most of the population except for the extremely poor and women who worked specifically on fishing boats i guess um which makes sense because you really don't want to have bound feet if you're on a boat hard to maneuver on Uh, a boat as it is never mind triangle feet (laughs) that's like Uh, that's like a stunt (laughs) yeah and uh the Again, it's very fetishized, like you said. It's very sexualized. And it's very interesting in that men would actually never see a woman's naked foot, even his own wife. Ugh. What is going they, on, boys? I don't know. <laughs> I'll never they, get it. It's like you can, you're, it's like, I want to see it. I don't want to see it. It has to be I gross, know. but I like it. Exactly. It's like me at the, well, it's that, no, it's not as sexualized as when I look at other people's feet at the, Pedicure I'm like, oh, that's what it is, Carla. You just can't keep your pants <laughs> yeah. on at the, yeah. at the yeah. spa. Turns out it was a sexual fetish. It was a sexual the whole fetish time. this whole time. Oh my god! You were just trying to be respectful of other people's. Con- you were being consensual. <laughs> yeah. With your games. Um, so again, this is procedure is passed from mother to daughter as a rite of passage, and you know they were kind of teaching them how to survive in this world where they where the men had all the power. So no. I mean, you could kind of say, I don't know if you could argue that if they didn't have bound feet, 
they were more likely to have had more status and power. I don't know if that's true. Right. I th- I think it was a, you know, in a time when they did not have power and this was their way of asserting some kind of um power or some kind of mobility to 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 be able to change their own lives. It's it's such a complex. It is. And I mean like, you know, you say like how could a mother break her own kid's foot? But if they didn't, they were, these were, you know, they were outcast. They weren't going to be married. They were going to be. Well, yeah. I I often doubt that their, you know, their intentions were malicious. Like, Yeah. I don't even think it would have been a choice. Like, I don't think it would be something that they were sitting and thinking about as like an option. No, it's like, I have to do this or else my daughter will be an outcast. Yeah. 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 Um, the shoes though, kind of interesting. So you can look them up on the internet. They're very interesting. Um, cause they're very, very tiny. They basically fit in your hand. Um, but these would be made by in, in a group of women. Um, and they would sew these tiny shoes together and they would have a lot of symbolism stitched into them. Um, for ones that are like kind of just your daily wear ones, they would have designs and symbols that would match the wearer's personality um so they're customized and and meant something yeah yeah Yeah. and like you know you were with your relatives so they were they were putting in symbolism for maybe their family or from their experiences so it was very much a group um you know crafting i guess kind of in a way well hey i mean that kind of draws a correlation with going to the spa together and sitting exactly conversing and it was something that you know it was traditional it was something that it was it was you know, part yeah, of your culture part of, and part of your... Exactly. Yeah. And you would wear these shoes for your whole life, including up till and including when you were dead. So these were your funerary shoes or your longevity shoes, which I kind of like. <laughs> and they were made by the person themselves. And they were generally blue in color, fairly plain, but they would then have uh, symbols on the sole of the shoe. And these would be what you would be sort of buried with. Um, co- cost saving here is huge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, I go through a lot of mo- shoe money now that I'm thinking about it. I know, I know. So I probably spent. Well, I wouldn't say I spent more money on shoes than anything else. I spent a lot of money on a lot of things. Shoes <laughs> on the things. inside, and sometimes when I buy things, it makes me happy. So I do spend a lot okay. of money elsewhere. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting good at returning things. This is a new COVID thing. I'm returning things. Ooh. Ooh. So obviously they still don't really do this. Uh, it started to change a little bit in the 19th century when all the Christian missionaries came over. Obviously they didn't like it. Um, what did I mean, they like? It's not a lot. <laughs> they were real not happy people. That's probably why they had to go elsewhere because they were like, I'm not happy. Other people... Should also not be happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's very ethnocentric. Um, you know, they may have been like, well, this is child abuse, but let's be honest, they probably, that was not probably big on their first, that wasn't probably their first thought. Yeah. Uh, also, a lot of Chinese intellectuals were starting to study abroad and then coming back with sort of uh, to objecting it. So after the fall of the Qing dynasty in 1911, the Republic of China government, so this is before the communism government, banned foot binding, and some women's feet grew a half to an inch after unwrapping. That was extremely painful. Yikes. 
Yeah. And it was also very emotionally and socially devastating. There's this whole generation that they had got had bound feet. That was totally normal. And then now they were shunned. Right. Because and they, yeah. And when they were um damned if you, you do, know, damned if you don't. Exactly. And suddenly they went from being the height of fashion to being unfashionable and they could be abandoned by their husbands. I mean, not to be dramatic, um, but this is how I <laughs> feel about the side part. <laughs> what (laughs) i don't i don't like this i have a i have a widow's peak i can't do a middle middle part no i saw uh the most loveliest uh lesbian couple on tiktok and they were like somebody they had like the background vocal somebody was like show us prove that your side part looks better than a uh, middle part but they had like the great cut where it's like shaved on the sides and then like oh, the yeah. defined like cut out side part you know yeah. like the swoop over yeah uh and then so they both like parted their hair down the middle and it they looked like <laughs> alfalfa both of them yeah. it was so funny and they were like proving a point that like listen lady the side the middle part doesn't work for everyone no no i don't think it works for most people i don't i don't know <laughs> I mean, our own weird thing to. Yeah, I feel like I'm being dramatic over. about it, but I mean, <laughs> I feel these girls. You know what? Are. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like I said, it was basically impossible to go back to normal. Like it's kind of like if you break your arm in a certain way, um, and you never really got to fix properly. If you then try to like refix it many years later after the bone and and all that other stuff has like kind of grown over it and oh yeah, scar tissue, not great. I've Not done this time. to my foot. This is I, there's no fixing it. I've twisted yeah. it and broke it too many times. I, I got too drunk in mm-hmm. uh, Austin, Texas, and I snapped my foot. And then they told me it wasn't broken when I got home, and it was. Oh. <laughs> and I went back, and they were like, "Oh yeah, this was broken." And I was like, "What happens now?" They're like, "It just healed wrong." And I'm like, "What are you oh. gonna do?" They're like, "We gotta re-break it, recast it." I'm like, "So just leave it forever?" They're like, "Pretty much." <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah those are uh, So the actual last shoe factory making the Lotus shoes closed in 1999, which is a lot later than I thought it would be. Wow, that is very yeah. recent. Yeah, I feel like I have heard about this my whole life. Like this is not something mm-hmm. that's like a new mm-hmm. to me. So I mean, it would make sense that it has been. You know, it was recent. Yeah, like I think there were st- there probably are maybe. St- Still now, some survivors of it, like they would still have had bound feet. Well, and I also I like, like, like you mentioned before, it is fetishized, and I think that yeah. there is a community that still does it. Um, mm, well, especially in like a lot of rural areas. So, yeah. like even into the 1950s, little girls would be put into large shoes to hide it because, you know, like I can understand if you're in a big city and things change all the time, you have to part your hair on a different side and. <laughs> you can use sheets or not use sheets i don't know oh yeah the top, uh, top sheet sheets, is a major top sheet. yeah um but if you're in a, a very small rural community this is something you've been doing you don't understand why it's suddenly not okay yeah you know your grandmother taught you and if it's something that was cultural and you was a tradition that you enjoyed with your family like maybe it did yeah you know, maybe it is something that was beloved yeah yeah, yeah. well so yeah so a weird, interesting thing. It was performed by women on women, but in a society that was, you know, very much um, taking the power away from women just in general. So, right. Yeah. 
interesting. Good one, Carla. This was really interesting. I enjoyed this. I, um, not that I don't enjoy it every week, but there are other right. weeks where Did I you enjoy the press and the bandages. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting, and it's and you know what I mean. Like all these traditions, I always say, like you'll never know what's not kosher until it's been a hundred years, and you're like, exactly. Oh yeah, I'm sure we're doing we a do. thousand things. Yeah. And they're like, let me get this straight. She was parting her hair on the side. <laughs> and I'm like, ugh. For shame. <laughs> and I mean, we still have crazy shoes. Uh, women, um, hey. like bunions are quite common for a lot of women. High because heels of, are an yeah. insane choice. Yeah. And there, I have lots of shoes that are healed. And I'll tell you what, I can't wear mm -hmm. them the whole night. It kills me. Mm -mm. But I still put them on and go out. Because I want a husband to keep me. Right. There you go. So see? Yeah. It's the exact same thing. It is. Do you want to tell us something a little bit more modern? Take take us into the future? Ooh. It turns out we're just as gross and will always be. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of fish pedicures, Carla? Yes. I thankfully did not get one. You know, I was always sort of, I don't know, I captivated by it. I thought it would be cool. Yes. Like, I was like, yes. oh, I wonder if that's something I would like or if it would be an interesting experience. But I couldn't get Me over it. Me too. I just, I kind of hit, like, I, I just didn't get in there in time, thankfully, before they, you know, whatever you're going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> they're banned. <laughs> yeah. But pretty recently, <laughs> they're banned. And they're not banned no. everywhere. Um, I don't think you can get them in Canada. They're banned in ten states. They're uh, banned in Europe. Um, so what you what they are, if you don't know uh, or haven't heard, a fish pedicure is not a new phenomenon, but it's and it's it's still kind of a growing trend. Um, it's where patrons place their feet in water tubs containing carp-like fish called gara ruff or doctor mm -hmm. fish, which are oh, native to the Middle East. Oh, in turn, the fish go to work snacking on a person's dead skin cells. <laughs> well, I'm going to put my drink down for a second. Okay, <laughs> <skin>. continue. <laughs> yeah. um, it is important to note that the slotted skin isn't usually on the menu for these fish, which prefer plankton or plant sources. They only eat human skin when they can't find anything better. Oh, poor vision. Yeah. So those favoring the treatment argue that the fish often soften the calluses, help lighten dark cuticles, and increase circulation. However, experts say that health risks both to humans and the fish outweigh the potential benefits. So right. as a result, uh, fish pedicures have been banned in 10 U.S. states, Mexico, parts of Europe, and I... It That's not many, many states. No, and I don't... I don't think you can get them in Canada, but it doesn't say that here. No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't even I think feel like it got... came here. Yeah, like I think I was living in the UK when that happened, and I think it got banned there too. So, according to a dermatologist, even though this trend may seem natural or interesting to some people, it poses a significant risk. Here are five reasons that uh, she says you should avoid fish pedicures should you mm -hmm. run into them. Uh, number one, potential effect infections. Um, cost constraints make it more likely that the salon owners will use the same fish for multiple times with different customers, which increases spreading infection. Which, right? I mean, which makes sense from a cost 
perspective. What are you going to do? Throw out the fish every time? Yeah. Or what do you just throw out? Fi- you know what I mean? Like, it's pretty yeah. inhumane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Gararuffa fish are imported uh, and then they're purposefully starved and then often shared mm-hmm. between different patrons. So there's no real way to effectively disinfect the tubs or the fish themselves because you can't drain it you know what i mean yeah so they say yeah they they just use the same tubs and the same fish essentially Uh, over and over and over again yeah um also these fish are known for uh spreading an unearthed bacterial strain of streptococcus algiactic group b i don't know what that means this bacteria can Ooh. cause pneumonia bone and joint infection and bloodstream infection she says oh god also i should know we were talking about bacteria before yeah we do know that covid's a virus and they're different just we're just yeah well yes we were just i mean did i don't know if i did know that they have they do call oh, it the yeah. virus but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that being said, what a great segue to tell you that we will be on Stop Going Viral. <laughs> yeah, good one. Which is a, uh, a event to raise money for uh, COVID relief, and it will be on the uh, Stop Podcasting Yourself, or not Stop Podcasting, sorry. Uh, YouTube. YouTube on Show Podcast Network. Yes. So uh, check that out. Come to hear often. Come yeah. to hear often. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyways, to continue. <laughs> That's on the 28th, 29th, and 30th, correct? Yes. Um, we'll post a link when it is time. Uh, nail yeah. trauma. This is another problem that these fish cause. Oh. They nibble away at dry, dead skin while leaving health, uh, healthy skin and healthy nails intact. But recently, yeah. a woman in her 20s reported that toenail injuries after the fish pedicure uh, she didn't oh. feel any pain during the pedicure, but noticed that damage to her nail matrix was visible <sighs> until uh, the, she attempted to grow it out three to six months later. Oh. So they just like nibble too much. Yeah. Um, well, they're hungry and they're being they force fed dead skin. Dead skin. So there's also <sighs> another fan feet that gets mixed up with this fish and they're a biting fish. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, so sometimes they mix up the fish. <laughs> so Oh, that's not great. No, so one is from the Middle East. There's another fish that is actually from China. And the fish from the China surrounding area is, uh, they have teeth. So sometimes ah. they just, <laughs> just fucking mix up the fish. <laughs> uh, not to mention, and I, well, I mean, I have mentioned it, that it's, it, it's completely inhumane. Yeah. It's just like they're starving these fish and then they put people's fucking disgusting feet in there and then they eat it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> uh, there We're was actually so a weird, weird study though weird. that this is good for psoriasis. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So but in its native environment. So uh, this began uh, in a small town in Turkey. It became popular right. with people who had psoriasis when they noted how that draw fish would naturally cleanse uh, their skin without uh, causing any wounds. So there right. was a big study on that. I won't go into it, but that's kind of how they found out was it was a study on psoriasis that people who swam in this lake, often the fish would eat their, t- take away all the dry skin and they were, right. they did 
they were not cured, but it was ben- it was of benefit. It was of I benefit guess. to them. Yes. So this is how they found this out. Uh, needless to say, uh, it's disgusting. It's not yeah. available here, and uh, it's not available very many places. But if it is, and no. you run into it, probably available in Vegas. Probably, dude. I'm trying to remember if I saw it in Vegas. I, I, when I heard about it, I I, well, I was so intrigued. I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. But then I just like never I didn't really realize they were starving the fish though. I did not realize that. No, and I was also just like probably pretty young. Like I've heard this about I've heard about it for a while, but it's come back up again and they're banning it. Yeah. Um I had a fish tank as a child. I would not want to stick my hand in there because I wasn't great at cleaning it. Uh <laughs> definitely not sticking my feet in there. So I don't yeah, I don't know. Well, it's uh yeah and also i can't think of a more disturbing thing than you know like when you're in a lake and a fish touches your leg and you just uh, scream all the way up to the clouds out of the lake yeah 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 that's yeah. kind of what so uh yeah there's your news what okay, a better cool. time to talk about a cocktail <laughs> yes please for the love of god please <laughs> i don't want to hear about feet anymore <laughs> Um, if you've made it not drunk enough we commend you (laughs) um so why don't you tell us what the cocktail is this week carla we are drinking a paloma Mm. which is kind of well i don't know if it's always pink but it's kind of pinkish yeah it's tequila it's grapefruit. um grapefruit i don't know i think it was the pink color that kind of inspired it's a light pink yeah, it kind of inspired me to, to you know, light pink toenails. Let me tell you this. I'm no longer drinking the Paloma. Okay. Because I had, had three many. of them. And then I banned <laughs> so myself. Good. Because yeah. they're so tasty. I can see this being very mm-hmm. problematic. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was honestly like, it kind of tastes like a margarita. It d- Yes. Yes. And it is made similarly uh to an extent yeah. but so what goes in it we'll tell you what goes in it um grapefruit juice lime uh soda water simple syrup with a a shot of tequila and a salted rim mm-hmm. so when you're preparing um the cocktail uh, what they recommend you do is obviously salt your rim first so what they because it is a grapefruit cocktail, they recommend you get a full grapefruit, cut it, and then rim it with the grapefruit juice. And then salt I'm it sorry. in uh, kosher salt. Rim it. Fill your glass up with ice. A uh, shot of tequila, simple syrup, um, a shot of lime, right? Mm-hmm. Soda water, and a slice of grapefruit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the... I made mine a little... I made mine a little different. Oh, did you? <laughs> what, yeah. what did you sorry. do? So I did two shots of tequila. Um, just threw a bunch of salt in there. <laughs> Not a bunch, but enough. Um, and then I got... I, I have been recommended to get grapefruit soda. I don't know if they have such a thing. I looked all throughout the grocery store today. I did find something that was similar, which is that sparkling ice. Right. Which is zero calories. <laughs> so, oh, I don't want to be a snob here, a- but I did juice a fucking grapefruit for this. Episode. I know. I was gonna say, like, that sounds a lot more fancy. 
<laughs> I just that was the only recipe I found, so I didn't see. And by only, yeah, I, I think mean I searched I, it, found one, and went with that. I like. I think if you if you're in Mexico, I think you can get this grapefruit soda a lot easier. Oh, okay. um, but I couldn't find it anywhere, so I supplemented. I see, I see. But but basically now I, the, all that was in, is in my drink is some salt, <laughs> some some com- some kind of chemical that tastes like grapefruit and has no calories and tequila Tequila. and more importantly and lime and lime um it's really refreshing it's really good Mm -hmm. like i said it's kind of reminiscent of a uh margarita but it is um very much like a margarita on the rocks it's essentially a margarita on the rocks with grapefruit juice but yeah it's delicious uh it has a pretty interesting history actually a little known uh Little is known about the historical origin of the Paloma, uh, or the, but it is the most popular tequila-based cocktail in Mexico. Some believe right. that it is named after La Paloma, the Dove, a popular folk singer composed in the early 1860s. Ooh, yes, so it's old. They, well, it is pretty old. Maybe. Uh. Difford's guide states that it was created by the legendary Don um, Javier Delgadio Corona. So the legendary Don Javier uh, Delgadio Corona, owner <laughs> of the bartender La Capilla in Tequila, Mexico. Uh, so it's sweet, sour, a little bitter, and salty, and it's got all four taste groups, plus ice, bubbles, and yeah. alcohol. What's not yeah. like, they say that's a lot of things. So, yeah, I said it had an interesting history. It turns out it just has um, an old history. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with little, that's cool. With I mean, a lot of our cocktails that we do do not have, um, like, they're not, like, very old. No, this one, yeah, this one's 1860, and it's the most popular cocktail in Mexico. Yeah, that's cool. It is kind of cool. And it's, I mean, I love the idea that some of these cocktails, most cocktails are just like, yeah, we're just like named after a guy who drank it like that. Like, <laughs> you want to just like, you yeah. desperately want it like, oh, like they ran out of this and they used this and it was this big exciting thing and they discovered it yeah. and Bartender Weekly come down there and <laughs> the place went ablaze. But it's always just like, yeah, there's a guy named this and we named it after him. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. We're not sure. We're not sure. We didn't keep a record of it. <laughs> Unlike feet binding, we didn't think this was that important. Yeah, yeah. This is. Uh, but I, uh, I can't wait to show people this. A lot of times, like mm-hmm. we make a drink mm-hmm. on the podcast, and then for two weeks after, I'm just like sending people recipes, like make this, go outside. Yes. Yeah, this is a. I really like margaritas. This is in high competition for that. Yeah, it's nice. Um, And it goes down quick. Yes. Like I said, I had three before we got to the history section of the podcast. (laughs) I was like, oh boy, I better cool cool my jets on this one. Yeah, it's very nice. Very good summer drink. I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, chef does recommend. Um, Yeah. It is, yeah, it's a nice summer cocktail. It's a nice evening cocktail yeah with tacos. morning it's morning. got vitamin c in it you could... oh and you have grapefruits for breakfast some people some people eat grapefruits for breakfast i don't understand why they're doing it without tequila no i don't understand <laughs> either 
I think too, like throwing the salt in there is re- like I didn't realize that what a big difference that makes. Huge. It was- and I'm a big salt person. I'm actually on a salt salt cull at the moment, but not tonight. This is natural not salt, tonight. not not um coming from salty pistachios or something. Yeah. Fuck. Do you have any interesting facts for us, Carla? Mm-hmm. Okay, so kind of talking about grapefruit. Uh, the U.S. actually outranks Mexico in grapefruit production by half a million tons per year. Wow. Which, like, where is all this grapefruit going? But anyways. So apparently this drink is also very popular in Texas because there's a ton of grapefruit in Texas. Which, uh, again, I'm like, I thought Texas was just cowboys and <laughs> country music and no trees. No way, dude. Texas is like some pretty tropical parts of Texas. Really? Well, they're right on the Gulf. I guess so. Never been. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) Well, I've been to Austin, which is pretty deserty. Like, truthfully, it's like kind of landlocked, and it's uh, it remind it's reminiscent of Calgary, like its layout, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's some pretty like watery spots. Yeah. So yeah. So. Next time you're in Texas, or next time, hopefully, you're in Mexico yeah. soon. I'm ordering Paloma. Um, all right. We talked a little bit about, and I said that actually historically it's fairly, not fairly common, but it was okay for men to get pedicures. So as far back as the 2400 BC, whoa, whoa, they found carvings of Egyptian tombs. Sorry, carvings on on Egyptian tombs showing noble men and women receiving beauty treatments on their feet and hands. Fuck yeah, get them dirty stinkers cleaned up. Yeah, so I mean, maybe your pyramid maker guy, maybe he wasn't getting a pedicure, but (laughs) maybe he just didn't get his own carving. Who knows? You never know. Um, In ancient Babylon, they had solid gold tools. Mm. specifically made for manicures and pedicures 425 bc ancient greece these skin scrapers were refined and then actually that's when they started to do a lot more removal of corns and calluses and 1400s medieval healers created salves and pastes some of which included swine dung willow ash bark and intestinal fluid from a calf's stomach. Yum. This is the yummiest podcast we've done. I know. I really hope no one's trying to eat their lunch. <laughs> um, we should put a trigger warning on this for just like yes, anything exactly. that you might be triggered by has been discussed in this podcast. <laughs> We're, yeah. Um, in 1922, okay, so the sort of moder- more modern um, manicures, pedicures, all that kind of stuff. Um, with the introduction of tele, te- sorry, Technicolor in movies, so when movies became in color, mm-hmm. um, you could then start to see all these nail polishes. So then, obviously, you know, you want to look like the actress on the screen. So you're going to go to your local pedicurist, manicurist, get a little of that like, I want the Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So. It's been going on a while, and we- probably continue on for a while. Just don't involve fish. Just don't let fish do it, and yeah, let people do it, but pay them good. 
Yes. That's that's all we want you to take from this pedicure podcast. Yes. And tip well. Yeah, tip well and wash your feet. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to tip us, you can go on to our Patreon Good website. One, Thank you. <laughs> uh, where we do bonus episodes once a month and we do mini episodes. So if you want to know why you're supposed to put red wine in a certain glass and a lager in a different one, or if you like to know about bonfires or the tragically hip yes we have a whole series about the tragically hip that we're continuing (laughs) where we pair tragically hip songs with uh an appropriate alcohol Mm -hmm. which we will be loading up uh, a vote to see what our next song will be so it's all very uh uh, interactive and we're we're really only doing what you want to hear so um yeah and it helps us like just a super ton if you become a patreon yes. uh to continue to buy equipment that we will eventually dump our drinks on whilst recording <laughs> yes <laughs> and to get those drinks also yeah and also to, to continue buying drinks. absurd amounts of booze for we're gonna have to start getting creative at one point because guess what guys this is our 50th episode Woo! uh this we is exciting said that at the beginning yeah we probably should have said that at the beginning um <laughs> But hey, welcome to it, baby. We'll put it in yeah. the description. Yeah. Um, yeah. You guys, thank you so much for continuing to listen and continuing to support us. Uh, we will be a part of the, like we mentioned before, Stop Going Viral Festival, which is on the Cho Podcast Network Ooh. YouTube channel. We'll link everything uh, in our link tree, in our bio. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be pretty cool. There's some pretty neat people on there. A lot of big stars. Yeah. Uh, I encourage you to check it out to see who some of those people are and then on to listen to our little interview, our little part of our part of the festival. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks guys.